Welcome to Happy Hour at the Box with CrossFit Instinct, talking all things fitness, health, wellness, food, friends, and more. Welcome to our podcast. We are on the MomCast now, and I've got Megan here with us. You guys maybe heard her on our Meet the Members podcast, and she is back. She has a specialty that she's going to share with us today that's important for moms, for women, and really everybody. So this is going to be a great one for everyone and anyone to listen to. So Megan, why don't you do a little intro and tell us why I chose you to come on and speak the MomCast? Why do I want you here? (laughs) I am a physical therapist. I've been working um, for 12 years. And for the last three years or so, I've had extra training in pelvic floor physical therapy. And so what that means is I've had um, extensive courses about how to evaluate and kind of assess how the pelvic floor is functioning with everything else um, in day-to-day life. So breathing, abdominals, um, lifting, carrying, uh, running, Um, And that's not just specific to women or moms. Um, Women a lot of times have trouble with um, pelvic floor problems like pain or urinary leakage or other kinds of um, just problems, but it's also men too. They have, um, we all have a pelvic floor, every one of us do, and we all um, use it, um, especially during like CrossFit workouts and and things. So um, in my practice, I I see probably about 25 to 30% of my patients are pelvic floor right now. And they're not all just, um, postpartum or new moms, but you know, there's some young, younger ones, some teenagers, there's, you know, new moms or some pregnant moms and, um, some elderly or advancing in age, um, all ages. I, I think I've had 17 at the youngest and 90 is the oldest that I've worked with so far. Wow. So maybe for those who don't know or aren't familiar, what is the pelvic floor? Aha. So the pelvic floor is <laughs> a group of muscles. Um, basically in, at the bottom of your trunk, I call it sometimes the undercarriage. Um, but it's, it's the group of muscles that make up the bottom of, of our trunk and it supports all of our pelvic organs. Um, and it's kind of, the, the floor that, um, supports, you know, our bladder, our uterus and, uh, the rectum. And it's very involved in, um, lifting. Um, it's hard to find, it's hard to, um, find yourself on like how to contract those muscles. Sometimes it's hard to know if you're doing it right. A lot of people have been told to do Kegels, um, and, they think they're doing them or they try to do them and they're not sure. And so my job helps me to confirm if you're using the right muscles and if they're working well with coordination, um, with your abdominals and your diaphragm, working them all together. So, yeah. Why is it important? Why do we need to pay attention to our pelvic floor? Um, because a lot of problems not just with, um, you know, leaking or peeing, um, during a lift or running, but sometimes hip pain, back pain, um, 
a lot of those problems can be linked to either um, weakness in the pelvic floor where it's not holding and doing its job, or sometimes a lot of times there's too much tension. It's like we're always gripping and holding onto those muscles and we don't know how to let them relax. And um, so it's, again, we don't have as good of a connection to those muscles like we do our arms and legs. And so it's hard to know, to tune in and know what those muscles are doing um, to, to know if they're contracted or relaxed most of the time. And so um, it plays a big role in um, stability. Like when we lift heavy, we talk about taking a big breath and like bracing with our bellies, but the pelvic floor is just as much a part of that support system as our breath and our abdominals. It's all kind of a, a closed canister. It's all a closed system. And if you're taking a big breath and bearing down, that pressure has to go somewhere. And that's why sometimes your belly gets big when you take that big breath, getting ready for a squat. Um, but if we're not careful, if we're not tuning in and using those muscles well and coordinating the movements together, then um, you get um, too much pressure bearing down on the pelvic floor. And sometimes you can get some leakage um, or urine escaping when um, you're lifting heavy or for sometimes with new moms, it can be, you're picking up a, a car seat or, you know, you're picking the baby up out of um, a crib and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's new. Or sometimes if you've had kids for a while and then you're jumping on a trampoline, then you can find, oh, I'm actually leaking. And I didn't know that that was going to happen when I started jumping on this trampoline. And that happens to a lot of people and nobody likes to talk about it. Um, but it is fairly common. Um, but it's not, it's not a normal thing that you just have to accept and admit and deal with. It's something that can be addressed and something that can be helped with, um, the right exercises or the right knowledge. Are there other signs that you're having pelvic floor issues? You said maybe urinating when you're doing certain things or leaking, uh, you said hip pain. What about mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people that it might be connected to like lower back pain or always having that low belly pooch. Is that, are those related to pelvic floor health? Yes, absolutely. So, um, back pain can often be a sign of some weakness or, um, instability or not, not coordinating well with your abdominals and pelvic floor. Um, so that sign can be a um, problem with the whole system in general, you know, um, the abdominals have to work together with the pelvic floor. Um, another sign that people sometimes talk about is like a pressure or a heaviness or kind of a sensation that, um, you know, there's, it's not like things are going to fall out <laughs> without being too graphic. Um, but sometimes, especially, um, with variations in your hormonal cycle or right after, um, delivery or pregnancy, sometimes you can have what's known as a prolapse, a pelvic organ prolapse, where um, tissue is getting closer towards the, the opening. And um, that's the sign that the pelvic floor isn't, isn't supporting those organs very well. And it can be helped and addressed with, with training. Um, but again, the, it takes a little bit of knowledge and special assessment to know um, what's going on. Um, so that's why people come to see me for that. If someone 
whether they are or aren't having issues that they know about with their pelvic floor, why is it so important for athletes to be aware of this? Can you potentially injure yourself if you have a weak pelvic floor and you don't do anything about it or don't recognize it yet? So our bodies, nothing works in isolation. So that's kind of the problem with Kegels is that it's just a pelvic floor contraction all by itself. You know, they say, try to squeeze your pelvic floor at red lights or when you're sitting. Um, but our bodies don't work that way. Our bodies are, are coordinated and connected. And so if you think about your, your, your trunk or your abdomen as um, like a balloon, um, the top of the balloon is your diaphragm. And the outsides are your abdominal muscles and your spine, the sides of the balloon. And the bottom of the balloon is the pelvic floor. A lot of times, like when we're lifting heavy, um, we'll take that big breath and kind of bear down. And that's um, a way to get stability when you're trying to, to do something big or, or generate some, a big force. But if, if you don't manage that pressure well, then that can put too much downward force on your pelvic floor. And then that can cause pain or um, you can potentially injure yourself if you don't have good coordination of that whole closed system. Um, and so I feel like at, at our gym, we do a really good job of trying to um, think about form and technique first before we add extra weight. But even even with that mindset, it's still possible to hurt yourself. Um, and it's easy to do, especially in the moment when you're trying to lift big or, um, you know, if you're getting tired in a workout and then you start like your form kind of goes out the window, that's when injuries can happen. Um, if you're not using your muscles and, and bracing and supporting your spine or your, your, your joints well. So yes, absolutely can have um, an injury if, if you're not as aware of what the pelvic floor is doing um, and it can only help to gain stability when you're trying to lift heavier. What are some things that we can do to help strengthen our pelvic floor and become more aware of that mind-body connection to our pelvic floor? Some things, do you have any mm -hmm. pieces of advice for us? Um, a simple thing that I tell patients a lot of times um, when they're kind of confused or if they're not sure if they're doing the pelvic floor contraction is to um, roll up a towel um, kind of into a cylinder and sit on it like you would on the horse, like sit on your bed and kind of put the towel roll between your legs. And that kind of takes up the space between like your sit bones and the pelvic floor. So you're going to feel a little bit more pressure directly on the pelvic floor. And then when you do a pelvic floor contraction, you're trying to kind of squeeze the muscles and lift them up and away from the towel. And sometimes that's an easier way to be able to tell what's going on down there. Um, sometimes it's hard to know, like, am I just squeezing my butt or am I actually doing a pelvic floor contraction? And so that's kind of a simple sort of non -dis or a discreet sort of non-gross way <laughs> to, to tune into your pelvic floor and know if you're doing things correctly. Um, the other thing that I spend the majority of my time doing is teaching people how to breathe 
and recognizing that because it is a closed system, as the diaphragm contracts, your pelvic floor kind of drops down when you breathe in. And then your pelvic floor kind of recoils and comes back up as you breathe out and your diaphragm kind of recoils back into its um, resting position. So they're, they're contracting and relaxing at opposite in opposition, but they're moving down together at the same time as you breathe in and they're moving up together as you breathe out. So I spend a lot of time teaching people how to breathe, how to contract their abdominals and pelvic floor in coordination with their breathing so that the system can work well. When you take a big breath or like you're blowing out birthday candles, you, you really force the air out. And when you do that, you do that by contracting your abdominals and ideally your pelvic floor at the same time to generate the pressure in your abdomen to make that air blow out. And so that's how our bodies are designed to work. So if we know that, then we can kind of use that coordination, that technique, um, putting all those pieces together so that when you're going to lift something heavy or you're going to pick up, um, you know, the, the diaper bag or the baby carrier or, um, you know, the case of water at the grocery store, you're using those muscles all well together so that you don't have an overload of the pelvic floor and leakage or pain or um, an instability that would cause problems down the road. Great. I really like the idea of that drill because that is one thing I've heard from a lot of women and even myself when I first was really trying to learn how to engage my pelvic floor correctly was it mm-hmm. felt like almost like I was like puckering like my butthole or squeezing yeah. my cheeks or mm-hmm. clenching my legs together. And, I, and mm-hmm. then I learned obviously, you know, what it really should feel like. And um, I think that towel trick is a really great tip for people to try out. It's, you know, everybody can do it, right. do it at home. It won't take long. Um, how, how long do people usually see results say they are leaking, you know, when they jump rope mm-hmm. or they sneeze or they cough, how long does it take a, a special attention on the pelvic floor and pelvic floor exercise to see benefits? So I, when I do an evaluation, I usually work in about six week intervals mm-hmm. and most of my patients, um, are ready to discharge by six weeks. Um, they've learned a lot. They've, they've done a lot of these exercises. We've gone over the drills and they're able to see change. Now they may not have completely 100% resolved the problem in that six week time, but they had, they have the tools and they've seen an improvement enough to be ready to do things on their own independently. With our gym and the, the intensity of the workouts and the kinds of things that we do, um, it's going to take a little bit longer just because of the sheer volume, the force, um, box jumps, double unders, those kinds of jumping and high impact. That's hard enough to con- like coordinate and control that um, on a singular basis or kind of like a once. Um, but then you get into a workout and you start doing and you're supposed to do like 20 double unders in a row and you're supposed to do that five rounds sometimes those muscles work well for the first few reps, but then you get tired. And so it can be frustrating that it takes a long time to really get 100% results, but you have to kind of look, you have to, um, 
work on a progression and do what you can without symptoms and kind of see, okay, I can do five and then I start to lose it. And so, um, you have to kind of work with what within what you can do. Um, and then just keep trying to, to work that coordination. Um, but, but a lot of times a little bit of education and some, the right exercises or the right coordination, you can see big changes in a short amount of time. And a lot of it is, I didn't know, you know, I hear so often, I, I had no idea about any of this stuff. Why didn't anybody tell me, um, especially after pregnancy? Um, but in general, we're, we're not totally aware of that part of our bodies because people like to talk about it or, you know, there's just lots of reasons why that's a pretty private part of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that makes a lot of sense of maybe you'd see results quicker and easier at home doing tasks around the home. And, Mm -hmm. but then, yeah, when you start doing lots of reps and really, you know, heavy weight, high intensity workouts, it makes sense that that muscle is going to tire out and not be able to hold up. You know, you've got to obviously take time to strengthen it just like anything else. So what do women who are wanting to get pregnant need to pay special attention to this, do anything to prepare? What, what do you, what's your advice for that? So it would be, so yes, people who are wanting to get pregnant, um, it would be great to start tuning in to the pelvic floor and kind of how things are now so that you have some kind of baseline because during pregnancy, after delivery, everything changes and you just feel like, I don't know what's going on with my body. If you had sort of some type of baseline where you knew, okay, before I got pregnant, this is what I could do. Um, just from a pure motor perspective, like I know where the pelvic floor is, I know how to contract it so that then during pregnancy, you're a little bit more tuned into how things are changing. And then, you know, delivery has its own effects on the pelvic floor, depending on the type of delivery. And, you know, if there are any complications, there's lots we can go into with that. Um, and then knowing how to, how to recover from it too. Um, there's, there's people in the industry that I've been following. And that's one of the the platforms is that, you know, talk to your, your girlfriends, your daughters, your nieces, your, your, all the women in your life, especially those who are wanting to become pregnant, get some kind of baseline, like tune into this now, and then you're going to have the knowledge ahead of time moving forward, rather than trying to play catch up. If things start to, you know, change or you start to get pain or you start to get problems during pregnancy because of delivery or beyond. So absolutely. And then what about women who are pregnant and maybe have never done pelvic floor work? Should they, do they need to worry about that because they're pregnant <laughs> or not? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So there's a lot of um, changes that occur with pregnancy and just the sheer volume and weight of the growing baby puts a lot of strain on the the hips, the low back, um, the pelvis itself, and the pelvic floor muscles. Um, even before the, the baby gets big enough to put pressure on your bones and your muscles, the pregnant, the hormone shift that comes with pregnancy includes something called relaxin. And that makes your, your ligaments kind of loosen. And, um, 
So you can get some back pain because of that looseness. It's subtle at first, but it, it can cause some problems um, early on in pregnancy, even before like you're big enough to have like the bump or the, the belly in front that's changing how, how your body is, is moving. So even before the baby's big enough to have any kind of physical effect, the hormonal shift can cause some ligamentous problems or instabilities, um, or sometimes even pain with, um, standing, walking, changing positions, rolling over, having an awareness of those kinds of changes, and then understanding kind of how the, the deep abdominals and the pelvic floor work together to help to support your low back, um, your belly, um, and kind of how all those shifts change with pregnancy is, is important. Um, I recently had a, a pregnant gal. She was on her third pregnancy. She'd had pain before with pregnancies and, um, she was starting earlier on in this pregnancy. She's like, I got a long way to go. And if I already hurt this bad now, you know, it's going to be pretty miserable for the rest of my pregnancy. And it just took a little bit of, of teaching her how to engage those deep corset abdominals and make sure the pelvic floor was engaged. And then she was able to, you know, go for a walk and climb up the stairs and lift up her little boy and, and live her pregnant life without as much pain. And it didn't, it didn't take a long time and it, a little bit of, of knowledge, a little bit of the right, um, strengthening or, or muscle work can go a long way. Um, definitely during for sure. That's great. That's great. Cause I think some women think it might be too late to do anything by the time they get pregnant or that they're going to change so much anyways, that it's not a big deal. Or we hear so much about postpartum Mm -hmm. paying attention to that, that maybe people don't think about doing it with pregnancy. Um, but I do also have questions for postpartum. So when do you want to start working on your pelvic floor health? Because for me, there was no way I could try for you know, the first few weeks. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So delivery and birth, no matter which style you do, if you have a vaginal delivery or a C-section birth can be traumatic and it, it's a hard job. So initially, like they always say, like the six week visit is you kind of have that time to wait before you really start doing any exercises or training. Um, and that's kind of a good rule of thumb but it's also not because you can still breathe, you know, first day after, after delivery, um, and having that understanding of what's going on with your pelvic floor while you're breathing. Um, cause we breathe in and out all day long. And so, um, is having that understanding is important being able to, to lift and carry. I mean, now that you've had this delivery, then, um, you know, you've still got to pick your baby up out of the crib or, um, you know, bend over and change a diaper. And, um, so the pelvic floor is, is carrying all that weight when you're standing, um, you know, when you're rocking the baby night after night, you know, I had a baby that would not stop crying and I didn't want to put him down and my whole back hurts and my body hurt. Um, but as a new mom, like it, did not compute for me to put that crying baby down. And, you know, I'm not going to go do pelvic floor exercises at that point, but I needed, I would have liked to have known what I could do position wise, body mechanics, how to, how to position myself during 
those first few weeks when your body is just kind of wrecked. Um, so the answer of when to do exercises is not right away, but, um, tuning into what your body needs that can happen, you know, immediately. That's really great. I I'm excited for hopefully another future pregnancy with myself and to work with you more in detail with, for myself and my health with my body and changes during and after pregnancy, because it's so important for sure. So I have maybe some more taboo things <laughs> to ask you about here. Something that really became well known a few years ago from the Goop blog. I'm sure you maybe have heard of this. Uh, there was a lot of promotion of a jade egg and using that mm-hmm. for pelvic floor health. Is that just a myth? Does that really work? What is it if people don't know? Is it safe? Like, give us a little bit of insight on that. So um, I'm not, I know what you're talking about. The jade egg is basically, I mean, they make vaginal weights to challenge the, the muscle contraction of the pelvic floor. Um, I don't know if there's anything special about jade or just the fact that it was a heavy stone and, um, the, the shape of being an egg, being able to, to get it in and, and hold it there. Um, most of the time it's kind of a, a gimmick. Um, but there is some, some truth in, you know, our pelvic floor is a muscle and you have to load it just like we would, you know, our biceps or our quads. Um, and, but again, it's kind of like the Jade egg holding it there or, or using those weights is kind of like an isometric. It's, it's not functional because it's just working the pelvic floor by itself. And, when we live our lives, that's not how we use our bodies. We use our bodies, you know, our arms coordinate with the abs and the pelvic floor and everything's kind of connected. Um, so I don't give out jade eggs in my practice (laughs) and I haven't, um, seen a whole lot of, of need for even, they make some like cone vaginal weights that are like actually clinical and, and therapeutic. And, um, but I, I don't typically use those in practice because a lot of times, um, just the, the coordination and the the timing is enough to get the system working. Well, um, you don't actually have to like weight train and, and, you know, lift weights or, you know, have chains attached to the pelvic floor weights. That was one of the examples they gave us in our class. And it was like, Oh, how strong does it actually have to be? Is that functional? (laughs) Probably not. So we don't need to add like a one rep max vaginal lift to our strong mom Sunday when that comes back. Um, no, no, I don't think we need that. And I'm not sure I'd want to come to that. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. I'll, I'll stay home too. (laughs) Maybe that's an at home workout. I don't know. (laughs) What about sex issues? And, Mm -hmm. um, cause that plays a role with uh, having sex and orgasms and things like that. So what do you have any advice on that for maybe people who are struggling and haven't connected the dots that the pelvic floor might be playing a part? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of what you just said. So, um, we talked maybe earlier about how sometimes the pelvic floor doesn't know how to relax and, um, carrying a lot of tension in your pelvic floor can make it very painful. 
to have sex, to have penetration. Um, sometimes there's scar tissue from, um, like tears or stitches after birth. Um, and the pelvic floor itself is the muscle that contracts to produce the orgasm. There's a lot of blood flow. There's a lot of muscle contraction. And if you have a stronger pelvic floor, then those muscle contractions that produce an orgasm can be stronger and better and more enjoyable and easier to, to come by. Um, so there's a lot that the pelvic floor has to do with, with sex. Um, sometimes I work with people, um, to work with the scar tissue to kind of stretch it so that they don't have that restriction. Um, and so that's kind of a, you know, when you, when you stop and think about it, it's kind of a strange thing to do, but it's, it's just like any other scar tissue or muscle that's tight. You have to stretch it and kind of get it to, to be able to fully relax and fully contract at the same time or at the right time. Um, so yeah, sometimes I have some really interesting conversations with my patients about, um, different positions that may make them more comfortable um, or ways that they can get their partner involved to do some of those, those scar tissue, um, massages. Um, I had one gal that, you know, she was not interested in having her husband help. And I had, she had another one who was like, oh yeah, he definitely, he was, he was really interested and he was really gentle and oh. it was, it was a total team partnership. And then some other people are like, uh, no, <laughs> not, <laughs> a problem, you know, so it's just, it, again, it's one of those things. Nobody likes to talk about it. It was very personal, but you know, lots of people do it and lots of people are doing it. Um, a, a lot more than what you might think, or, you know, it's all just a very personal private thing. And a lot of times people are like, Oh, I don't want to talk to you about this. And I'm like, that's kind of what I'm here for. It's a big part of our lives and it can lead to other problems, you know, with relationships or how we feel about ourselves. If you, if you don't feel good about that area, then, you know, it's hard to feel good or you may carry anxiety or resentment or, you know, there's just a lot of, of emotional ties with, um, you know, sexual activity and what you can, can do with a partner or, or if you don't have a partner and you still want to be able to do things, there's, there's all kinds of topics that we cover <laughs> in individual sessions that all stays completely private and does not go anywhere. I don't go home telling stories. That's great. I think that's, it's important to talk about this and bring it up. Cause I think it is hard for people to talk about and probably embarrassing for so many people to yeah. bring up. And, um, I think a lot of people too, don't know that that could be an issue and that it's so easy and accessible to fix and see improvements from. And a lot of people think they're the only one having that problem because it's not something that we just, you know, open up and talk about a whole lot, but I think a lot of people suffer in silence and they don't have to, if they knew that, you know, it's, it's not something to be embarrassed about. There's lots of things that we can do. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to judge anything. I'm here to help with what I can help with. And if that's something that I can help with, that's important to you, then, then I want to be able to help, you know, and, and any pelvic floor therapist would be the same way. Yeah, that's great. Well, I can tell you're really passionate and knowledgeable about it. Um, if people are needing to, to get help and would like to reach out to you, how do they contact you, get a hold of you? Do they need a referral from a doctor to come see you? 
So I'm happy to field any kinds of questions that people may have, um, but to actually do like true justified physical therapy. I do work, um, through memorials outpatient clinic, and we do go on a referral basis. So most of the time you can just call your, either your primary, or if you have an OBGYN doctor, it, you don't even necessarily have to go in for an evaluation. Lots of times, um, if there's something specific, um, they like to kind of clear you medically to see if there's some sort of medical reason why you may be having that problem. Um, but you don't always need to have even a visit with the doctor um, before they can just call in a referral. And um, then I'm the only pelvic floor therapist through Memorial. And so um, you can always request and like put my name on the referral. The doctor can say, you know, pelvic floor therapy with Megan um, and it'll come to me or just basically any pelvic floor referral that goes through Memorial will come to me because I'm the only one who does it right now. Great. And I'm assuming people who have health insurance, that'll be included in their plans most likely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Our clinic and most, most insurances will always cover a physical therapy evaluation. And this isn't something that's like specialty practice. It's just, you know, it's just as much of physical therapy evaluation as you would for your shoulder. Um, So most insurances do not have any trouble doing the evaluation. Then specific insurances will it depends on your plan as to far as how many visits they'll cover. Sometimes I have to write like a justification as to why you need therapy. And that's, that's an easy thing for me to do. I do that all the time. Sure. Okay. What if people do have a question for you? Do you have either an email address or maybe like a social media account, or do you just want to share like when you're normally in the gym and people, how can people just quickly talk to you if they need to? So, Um, I'm on like the, the CrossFit gang, um, Facebook messenger group. Um, so, um, I think my Facebook is just Megan Yarhouse and, um, my email address is just my name, Megan Yarhouse at gmail.com. Um, so I'm always happy to answer questions, um, through email or I'm pretty responsive on the Facebook. You can do a private message. If you don't want the whole group to know your question, you can just, you know, individual messages. Um, or if you have no fear, then just go ahead and do the group and I'll probably respond back to you individually. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so Facebook is good. Um, I think I am on Instagram at Meg J Yarhouse. Um, and actually I follow a lot of pelvic floor practitioners on Instagram. Um, it's like I go to Facebook for my regular stuff and then I go to Instagram for my pelvic floor stuff. So do you have any that you would recommend people? to? Follow? Oh yeah. Um, there's the two that I love the most. One is a physical therapist by the name of Julie Weeb, W I E B E. And she has a website and she's on like all of the Facebook, all of the social media platforms. Um, she has a phenomenal, um, explanation of how the diaphragm, the abdominals, the pelvic floor all work together. So a lot of what I end up teaching people is taken directly from her. And she's got some really great short YouTube clips that are not gross and are very informative and are very just straightforward. So somebody like you, Molly, if you don't have the, the anatomy and the medical background could absolutely go, um, watch some of her videos and, and have a better understanding. She's a sports physical therapist that um, specializes in postpartum return to sport. Mm-hmm. So she's not necessarily even a pelvic floor therapist, but she definitely talks about the pelvic floor a lot. 
Um, the other person that I follow and get a lot of exercises from is a, on Instagram. Um, and her handle is get mom strong, all lowercase. And she's just phenomenal. If you're familiar with her, like she's got some awesome exercises. She's got an awesome story and she just, you know, again, she doesn't make anything feel gross or just doesn't make you feel embarrassed. It's just, it's a part of life and it's a part of being, you know, a woman and mom and, um, there's things you can, you can do about it. She's so very empowering. Both of them are. I follow that get mom strong and I love she's her. Amazing. Yeah, she is. She's always got her balloon demonstrating how things yes. work. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that she gives, um, really great, simple information and good exercises. So I, I like that account. I'm going to have to check out the other one too. I had not heard of her before. So thanks for sharing yeah. those. She's amazing. Yep. 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 Great. Maybe you'll have to start your own sometime. <laughs> I don't know what I would say that those two haven't already covered, but I'm sure I could find some stuff. Hey, you'd speak well to all, everyone that knows you, you know, you'd have a big following here locally, which would be really <laughs> cool. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come on here and talk with us, educate us, inspire us, give us hope that we can feel strong and um, ready to take on whatever without having to worry about any of those public floor issues and um, lots of great tips and information for people of all ages, both genders, before mm-hmm. you're getting pregnant, while you're pregnant, postpartum. I think you really just went through everything there and that was really, really great and helpful. And I know this is going to help a lot of people. Well, there's so much more that I could talk about for hours about this. So if, if anybody does have questions, just please know that, you know, I, I can field any question. And if I don't know something, I, I will find out and, and I'm happy to work with people. And I, I hope that people would feel comfortable asking questions because there's a lot that can be done with a little bit of knowledge and the right, the right things to do. So please come ask questions. Great. Anybody. Well, thank you for being so open and Again, I appreciate you coming on here and I hope that uh, people start reaching out to you and taking you, taking advantage of you. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Molly. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube and get a hold of us if you'd like to get our gym emails. Stay in the loop of all things instinct.